Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. McCarthy. Deloro. Jeffries. All right, this is nuts. It's the vote for speaker. And already, we're in, I think we're into the E's. We have seven people on the Republican side who have not voted for Kevin McCarthy, including a vote for Indiana Congressman Jim Banks. This is going around two people. And I've got people um, thinking you might see around three and around four. I said my over under was 20. <laughs> Maybe I'll get close. Oh, dang. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Full disclosure, uh, we had uh, Congressman Jim Banks, who was scheduled to call in. And then I got a text. It was like, um, um, yeah, uh, he's he's on the floor. And, um, and it's getting, getting... Really, really weird. It's exactly what you expected. So the Democrats put up Hakeem Jeffries uh, to be speaker, and uh, Republicans put up both McCarthy, and then there was a nomination for Biggs, uh, for Andy Biggs of Arizona. Andy Biggs has four uh, votes. Uh, Jim Banks has one vote. Jim Jordan has got two votes, and uh, McCarthy's got 50. Escobar. Hakeem Jeffries. Jeffries. Eshoo. Jeffries. Jeffries. S. Payat. Don't know. Now you know. Jeffries. And for some reason, Democrats keep doing that. They're like making little speeches. I don't know. They're having a good time, I guess. I mean, they know they're not going to win it. But certainly, they're loving the fact that it's causing Republicans uh, a lot of heartache. I'm very interested about the Banks thing. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not going to be Speaker of the House. But isn't Banks like like a super fantastic compromise? So Jim Banks, he's uh, the chair of the Republican Study Committee. Served in, in, in the military. Armed Services Committee, I believe it is. Represents the Indiana 3rd District. He ran for a leadership spot, and it was beat out barely by uh, Tom Emmer of Minnesota. But what's interesting is that Emmer is part of the team that didn't bring in the red wave, barely, what what they call it, the red ripple, whatever. I hate all that terminology so damn much. And so, yet he still gets to be in leadership. It's like, what is the whole thing here? What is the, this is craziness. Now, what's fascinating about Banks is that there's this whole conversation about Banks possibly running for Senate in Indiana. I know I'm going to get into a whole bunch of Indiana politics, but follow how absolutely surreal this all is. Because Indiana is about to get super, super fascinating uh, in, in the political space. So there's this conversation that that you know uh, banks doesn't get the leadership spot in the house maybe 
he will run for Senate. After all, you have Mike Braun, the senator, who has said he's not going to run for re-election in 2024. He's going to run for governor. So you have this open Senate seat. Jim Banks is rumored to be interested. So he might run for Senate. Now, there's also another rumor that Victoria Sparks from the Indiana 5th District might also run for Senate. Okay, that's interesting. If they were to run against each other, that'd be a very interesting, interesting race. But then, just when you think it's a two-man race or a man-woman race. Two men enter, one man leads. Two men enter, one man leads. Comes the rumor. Rumor has it. That Mitch Daniels, the former governor of Indiana, two-term governor, incredibly popular governor, the former president of Purdue University, boiler up, he might run for Senate. And if he runs for Senate, that make, may, might make some other candidates. That is nuts. And and look, I like Mitch Daniels a lot, full disclosure. I'm a fellow of the Mitch Daniels Leadership Foundation. I'm a fan. I don't know how I feel about the thing. Cuz cuz if 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 Mitch is going to go uh, to to the Senate. Right? If Mitch is going to go to the Senate, he knows how dysfunctional it is. He knows how screwed up it is. It's not like he's going to go in and and he's going to be able to make any changes. He knows the situation. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. He has to know. He has to know. He already knows what kind of place the Senate is. But his whole place sucks. That's right, it sucks. <laughs> so what's he doing? Why is he running? Mitch, call in, dear Lord, sir. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it at all. Uh, ten years as president of Purdue, eight years as governor, and you have got what they call in the business a crapload of money. What are you doing? What are you doing? Good Lord. So that brings us back to this House race, this race for speaker, because you have a, 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 a situation here where no one has the votes to be elected speaker of the House right now. No one. They are going to go to a second vote for speaker. Let's take a look at the Republicans for just a moment, because you don't have to question whether or not Democrats are going to do anything except what they're told. Democrats only do what they're told. And when you're not when you don't do what you're told, uh, look what they do to a Kirsten Cinema or a, uh, a Joe Manchin. Biggs right now uh, has uh, seven votes right now. 
Uh, and uh, two votes for Jim Jordan, one vote for Jim Banks. If McCarthy stays in it, he loses a second time. I am not so sure. I am not so sure that the people who didn't vote for him the first time were doing it just to prove a point. We'll vote for him a second time. I'm not I'm not viewing it that way at this stage of the game. Now you've made the bed. You've crapped it. You've done all the things. So what is it you do now? What is it that you do now? Well, they may say, you know what? Ride or die, bitches. And they, they may just go right on till morning and be like, yeah, we're not voting for him. So this could go on for days. How many days can they go forward until McCarthy says, all right, I'm out? And then who's the consensus candidate? What if I said to you, having not thought about it until the vote got cast, just quite literally less than an hour ago from Josh Bashin, what if I said to you that Jim Banks actually could be the compromise candidate you didn't even know you needed? You could argue Jim Jordan is too. Biggs is not the guy. You present someone else, you can get some opportunity. This is fascinating. And yes, with 11 people voting away from McCarthy, it's a bad place for McCarthy to be in. Bad place indeed. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Talk dirty to me. Jeffries. Talk dirty to me. Larson of Connecticut. Jeffries. And it continues. And continues. And continues. Three votes for Jordan. One vote for uh, Jim Banks. Seven votes for Andy Biggs. 114 votes for Kevin McCarthy. 108 for Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, but it, it won't it won't matter because nobody has enough votes to get the 218. So therefore, they do not yet have a Speaker of the House. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. They don't have it. Uh, and unfortunately for us here, um, we've got this. Your car's seatbelt. Safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. It's time for the worst headline of the day. New York becomes sixth U.S. state to greenlight human composting law. Oh, Damn. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. New York will legalize natural organic reduction. That is as Orwellian as it comes. You're talking about composting human bodies here. People are um, like, like convinced this is the way to go. 
take your body, um, put it in a reusable vessel, plant materials like wood chips, alfalfa, and straw, and then naturally occurring microbes do their work. What? What? What's the... What what's the problem? Oh no, God! I'm just I'm I'm just saying that what you do is you put yourself in like like a burlap kind of sack, and then and then you add some some alfalfa to it. O M G! Are you kidding me right what? now? What? What's what's the issue? What's the problem? And then and then and then what you do is you accelerate uh, the growth of the uh, naturally occurring microbes, ah! and then the next thing you know, um. Aunt Sally becomes a garden. Um, this is creepy stuff. This is creepy, creepy stuff. You see, in, in, in some people's views, you eat the bugs. That's how you survive in life. Why should you eat steak? Why should you eat delicious, delicious steak? You eat bugs because they're full of protein and, and therefore will keep the planet safe or something. Uh, and, 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 then, and then what happens is the bugs eat you. You eat the bugs and then the bugs eat you. Um... You see, the problem is, is that cremation uses fossil fuels and burial uses a lot of land and has a carbon footprint. Your issue is with cremation? Using too many fossil fuels? I don't know. Figure out how to do it with hydrogen. I think cremation has more and more come in in vogue. People are like, you know what? That's better. I'm still at a total loss. I, I will admit to you, I have got a lot planned out. Um, I simply don't know what I want. You know, being Jewish, you don't get cremated. Being Jewish, you're, you're, you're buried, you know. Dust to dust. And, and nothing fancy. Oh, no, no. There, there are no silk line caskets for Jews. Pine box. Boom. Done. Out. You know, a, a simple robe, no, no, nothing fancy. No suits will be wasted in, in my going. But there are more and more people who are like, I, cremation done, finished. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Do do that. Do that. I wonder if it has to do with whether or not you have large family concentrated in one area. You know, when I think of my grandparents and and everybody growing up in New York, everyone got buried in New York because that's where everybody was. But now nobody lives in New York. And so, and I, I don't mean to be morbid. That wasn't my point. It wasn't my point in bringing all this up. It's just it, it, when I do think about it. Nobody from the family lives in New York anymore. Almost nobody. So nobody's going to visit. So that's kind of a lonely thing to think about right there. And you're like, I don't want that. I I don't want any. That's a bad idea. And then things like cremation, or all of a sudden you're like, hmm, interesting idea. Because that's portable. 
You can, you can take that with you. But I still, I still find myself in a, I don't know. I, I, I honestly and truly don't know. Uh, what I do know, for sure, is that the idea of the compost, I'm not interested in giving the green people that much love and respect. Cremation takes up too many, uh, 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 what was it, was it a car- too much of a carbon footprint. You know what? The world can handle it. Shut your face. If it was good enough for Vikings, it's good enough for us. Good Lord. Goodness gracious. There's another story I wanted to get to about how Jeremy Renner ran himself over with a snowplow. I'm like, I don't, I don't even... I don't even know how you do this. Hawkeye? I I like him as an actor. Hawkeye is my favorite uh, Avenger because he's the only one who's, like, normal. He, I guess, was plowing and somehow ran himself over. So he's got a house there in the Reno area, and they get a lot of, uh, of snow, and he was out there, you know, plowing this and plowing. I don't, did he fall out? Like, like he's going to need multiple surgeries. There was serious blood loss. Crazy. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how you, you, you run yourself over. Because at first, I thought, you know, it was the reporting that he run over his own leg. You know, and then it was, it was, oh, no, no, he, it was injuries to the torso. It's like, all right, I'm not, I, I can't keep up with what's wrong with the man. I just, I just hope he's well. Meanwhile, the votes continue there on the House floor. Jeffries. McCarthy at 151, Perry. Jeffries at 148, Biggs has yes. eight, seven for others. Right now, I believe it's six for Jordan. Um, and one for uh, Jim Banks. No one's going to get it on the first vote. Peters. Just so we're clear. Jeffrey. No one's going to get it on the first vote. No one's going to get it on the first go-round. So, Jeffries. we're going to do this again. Luger. This might take a couple days. McCarthy. My advice is to grab some bourbon. Hello. Now, there are things happening outside of this. Jeffries. I'll get into those. Keep it here. Pick this is Tony Katz today. So there are things going on in America outside of the whole speaker conversation. Who's going to be the speaker of the House? There's plenty, plenty to get to. One of those things is this sudden realization that social media needs to be regulated. It didn't need to be regulated when it was fully in the hands of the political left. But now that Elon Musk owns some of it, my gosh, this is a danger to society. And if we don't do something, we could all die. 
at every moment, the political left is reminding you that if they don't get their way, we will all be dead, and we have to keep reminding people. Remain calm. All is well. Now, maybe not everything is totally as well as we would like it to be, but democracy is not on the line just because Republicans take the House. What ridiculousness. If you bought into this, my gosh, you'll buy into anything now, won't you? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. And don't forget the video series on Rumble presented by Americans for Prosperity. AmericansforProsperity.org. Going to be working with them in the state of Indiana on a, uh, on a cigar tax issue. Oh, I will get into this. Oh, this is a jobs conversation. Huge one. Could change lives, could change tax bases, bring in revenues, all that stuff. And, you know, I hate talking about revenues when I talk about the government, but it is it is true. I'm not going to get rid of all taxes. There's going to be taxes on businesses. Let's just make them smart and let the businesses survive and grow. I'll, I'll get into it another time. They want to regulate social media now because social media, for some reason, now cannot be trusted. And one of the people who wants to do this is everyone's favorite staple thrower, Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar now sees that social media is a real problem. Alleged town square, right. which has become really a communications company. Your network, other news organizations have limits in place and standards. Right. And our argument's going to be if you start making money off of it, if you amplify it, that's a whole different thing. Your angry emojis you and all these things you're doing is to make money. So the social media company is no longer protected by uh, Section 230. They're no longer a platform or a publisher. Now they're a news organization. Now they're a news organization. Oh, okay. Huh. Why weren't they a news organization before? Well, we know the answer. We know the answer, but it's important to hear it from their own voice, to know exactly how fraudulent they are, how hateful they are, and downright bigoted. Downright bigoted. We don't have control, therefore it all has to be destroyed. Burnt to the ground, it has to be. And that's exactly their plan. Their plan is to ensure that you don't have the ability to speak. They will do anything possible to limit it. You think the pressure was on before to get Apple or or Google to drop Twitter from their, their, their stores, from their sandboxes? You just wait. And the best is there are people still on Twitter complaining about Twitter. Somehow they believe that what has to happen is that Elon Musk should put up all this money and then have to, like, give it up. No, nope, the government should be able to take it. You, if I'm telling you that there's going to be a conversation about the nationalization of Twitter, of social media, uh, uh, and Toto. Well, you know, these are, these are places of the public square, and, and we have to make sure that these, these airwaves, 
they're going to say something like that, are, are protected and worked within uh, for, for the people. They have to benefit the people. So therefore, just like we do with, with the, the television networks and radio networks, they have to be government controlled. No more private enterprise when it comes to social media, unless you're Facebook. Or unless uh, you're, you're part of uh, the uh, Alphabet Google clan. See, they can still be private enterprise, but but Twitter, somehow there'll be a carve-out. There'll be a, oh, I haven't figured out how they do it because I'm not as uh, duplicitous and devious and just flat-out awful as these people. So sometimes I can't think as dark and ugly and despicable as them, but they will figure out some kind of carve-out that Twitter has to do this. Twitter, we have to do that. Twitter, we have to take away. Their plan is to take Twitter. Now you say to me, Tony, are you sure that's their plan? Well, let me share this with you again in case you didn't hear what Senator Klobuchar of Minnesota had to say. Alleged town square, right. which has become really a communications company. Your network, other news organizations have limits in place and standards. Right. And our argument's going to be if you start making money off of it, if you amplify it, that's a whole different thing. There are limits and there are standards on news organizations. And while there are no limits and standards here, so we have to apply those limits and standards. And if we're going to apply them as some kind of news agency, we have to make sure it's the right kind of ownership that can run a news agency. And that's not Elon Musk. After all, he's just lost $200 billion. We need responsible ownership here. We're going to have to make moves to ensure that the American people are in good hands and can trust the information. Because as we know, misinformation is the biggest danger out there. Now, I have got a whole thing to get into on quote-unquote misinformation. If you didn't hear the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, talking about masks, talking about COVID, and talking about acceptable views, ha, ha, ha. If, if you caught my video yesterday for, uh, over there at Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz, you'll, you'll see it. I'll, I'm going to play it for you coming up. Oh, goodness gracious. But I took that, and then I took this from Klobuchar. I'm like... Well, one way or another, I'm right. This is what they're going to do. They're going to try and take it away. They're going to try and, and prevent others from speaking out, engage in fines, and make it impossible. Now, what is Elon Musk's real plan here with Twitter? What does he want to do? There are a couple of rumors uh, out there, people with theories and ideas. I haven't come up with, with the totality of, of mine uh, yet, but I, I'm 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 thinking. I'm paying attention to it. What's his real plan behind the purchase of Twitter? But he's lost money. He's lost money, and people are like, ah, they say he's such a good businessman. He's lost two hundred billion dollars. Well, he's still got a hundred billion left, and that's a hundred billion more than you've got. And secondly, that's what it took to show how duplicitous and ugly the political left is and how they were working in concert with big tech to silence voices they didn't want to hear from. That is the dictionary definition of fascism. Yet they're the ones screaming that democracy is at risk if you vote for Republicans. Everything they complain about, that's what they're doing. You can, you can almost guarantee it. But they're going to make their maneuvers. You watch. You watch. And you will see the moves and maneuvers. You're already witnessing them. To try and take Twitter away from Musk or limit the opportunity for financial success. And then once he gets rid of it, 
They'll change it. I don't know if he ever will. But this is the way they're moving. They're letting you know what they're doing. Wait for it. Meanwhile, the fear of masks is back. The fear of COVID is back. And I've got that story. You won't believe it. You got to hear it. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I provide you now the most infuriating thing you may hear all week. I mean sick, twisted, the cult of COVID at a whole new level. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. I had shared this. Again, you got to watch the video series. It's, it's super important. Over there at Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. And I, and I shared this yesterday. It was a tweet. Now, you always have to note when you see a tweet, it is possible that something is made up. It's possible that something is uh, parody. All these things are possible. The tweet was from a, a doctor. Right? That's who the tweet was, was from. Solnata MD. S-O-L-N-A-T-A-M-D. That was the tweet. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a Twitter account. The tweets are protected. I don't think that is a um, fictitious account. I think this is a real person. This real person tweeted out, and again, says MD would make you believe that they're a doctor. And and the tweet reads, I will never regret the vaccine. Now, if they had left it at that, you could ask yourself, you mean the creation of the vaccine? You mean taking the vaccine? What what, what do you mean? And I have said many times, I have no issue with people who got vaccinated. I have no issue with people who didn't get vaccinated. You, as long as you got to choose, As long as you were the one who was able to make the choice, that's all that matters to me. It's all that's ever mattered to me. But um, the idea of force, the idea of force, the idea that um, you would tell somebody, like as an employer, get vaccinated or you can't have this job. No employer who forced a vaccine was ever right. They were all wrong. They're all disgusting. And they should all spend the rest of their lives knowing how terrible they are. Don't care who they are. Small business, big business, if you force people to get vaccinated, you will always be wrong. You will always be the enemy of free and thinking people. You will always be irrational. You should be ashamed of yourself, and your children should be ashamed of you too. Dr. Natalia Sol Nata, MD, tweets out, I will never regret the vaccine. Even if it turns out I injected actual poison and have only days to live, Well then, that's something. She continues, my heart was and is in the right place. I got vaccinated out of love, while anti-vaxxers did everything out of hate. If I have to die because of my love for the world, then so be it. But I will never regret or apologize for it. Nobody said you should apologize for it. But that is the tweet of a cult member. That's a cult. These people are cultists. The cult of COVID is remarkable. 
anti-vaxxers didn't do anything out of hate. They did things out of questioning. What's wrong with questioning? Well, if you ask Justin Trudeau, many, many things. I couldn't figure out, should I play it in full or break it up? I got to break it up. I got to break it up as I do it. The Prime Minister of Canada, when he's not doing blackface, Justin Trudeau, listen to this. There was a lot of anger and frustration on all sides uh, because the pandemic was in an unbelievably difficult situation. People were isolated and fearful and, and going through mental health challenges and people were dying. People were dying because uh, we didn't have access to vaccines at first. Uh, and then people were dying because they didn't get vaccinated and they were putting other people at risk. Let us be clear. If you got vaccinated, you could still transmit COVID. One of the lies that the Fauci world allowed was the idea that somehow if you're vaccinated, you won't transmit COVID. Of course you could. You always could. If you had followed the science in any way, shape or form, you would know this. If you don't get vaccinated, you're going to kill my grandma. Bull crap. Your grandma's going to be just fine. Except, of course, she has to suffer with the fact that she's your grandma. And she's embarrassed. Oh, she wished she had the other kid and she has her grandchild. But nope, she's got you. Uh, very disappointing. So that he starts with this absolute falsehood. And it goes on from there. I think, I think it's there was that a term, people, that specific term that people held unacceptable views. That's the thing that really seems to grate. Okay, well then let me, let me break that down a little bit in, in as a clear way as I can. There have always been people who, for various reasons, personal, cultural, various things, have been hesitated to get vaccinated. And obviously that's their choice. Nobody was forced to get vaccinated, and that's really important. We know many people got forced into vaccines. Well, they could have quit their job. They got forced, and they got forced by the barrel of a gun. They got forced economically, forced by their government. It's Canada. Truckers protest against these things. You froze their bank accounts. But there was no force. What a bunch of garbage. So says the commies who are forcing themselves on others. However... There were people out there who were actively spreading misinformation and disinformation, causing people to doubt science, even as doctors and leaders were trying to convince people to do the right thing, get vaccinated. There's nothing wrong with doubting science. Doubting science is how we know the earth is not flat. Doubting science is how we know the earth revolves around the sun. Heliocentric, I believe the term, that's what we're looking for there. Doubting science is everything. Doubting science is what makes us smarter, what creates opportunity for us, how we build and how we grow. But for Justin Trudeau, well, that means you're going against the acceptable views. There were people out there trying to scare them into not getting vaccinated. That is something that I think needed to be called out and and calling people out who are putting at risk the lives of Canadians and the well-being of Canadians is something that is the job of a prime minister. People were putting out, doctors were putting out data, science, and they were told, well, no, it doesn't comport with what we want to tell people, so nope, can't allow it. 
Now, this all ties into a whole situation with China and COVID and masks. I'm going to get into that later this week. I'm not even going to have, I'm not going to have the time. The whole speaker thing and everything else, I'm, I know I'm not going to have the time. But you have China with more and more cases of COVID. You've got more strains that are out there. And you've got people in the United States saying, oh, we've got to worry. And everyone needs to put on a mask. An N95 mask, according to Ezekiel Emanuel, the guy who gave you Obamacare. Well, should we stop people from China coming to the country? Oh, no, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter, but you have to wear a mask that if you wore for 15 minutes, you'd have a headache like you wouldn't believe. Never mind your inability to breathe. These people are cultists. They're cultists over COVID. They haven't changed one single bit. They're just as radical and as slavish to this religion as they ever were. It's up to us to ensure that we fight it better than we did the first time. We don't have options. Much more to get to. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.